Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parik. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. Do you strive for fame and fortune, or do you just want to get your name out there? Ali Martin can help. Ali is the founder of Fame and Fortune, a social media and public relations agency increasing the online visibility of female CEOs. On today's show, we'll learn more about Ali's jump from a career in PR to establishing her own company and the lessons she's learned along the way. I'll also ask, how will social media evolve over the next two to three years? And we'll learn how that might affect you and your business. Ali, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped to, to have you here and learn about how all the different ways I'm messing up on social media <laughs> and, and maybe how I can do better. But before we get into that and how I'm messing up, um, tell us a little bit about you. So I am based in Shelbyville, Kentucky. I am a lifelong Kentuckian and I uh, have worked in public relations and social media my entire career and most notably was... Um, working when in PR with Amazon for their Southeast region of the United States. And that really prepared me to open Fame and Fortune to allow me to help small business owners with their social media and public relations based off of the um, skills and the strategies that I learned working for Amazon. So what was it that made you make that jump then from working at a corporate job and then saying like, you know what, I just, I want to go do this on my own. So it was a little bit of a, uh, a forced nature because um, we experienced layoffs across the board and um, I was, I was forced to start my own company. I, uh, my husband owns his own business and I swore up and down that I wasn't also going to be an entrepreneur. We had enough in the family. We didn't need one more. And, uh, but everybody encouraged me to really give it a, um, a second look. And I took on a couple of projects here and there and finally found myself thinking, oh, I can actually do this. And, uh, this, this isn't really as bad or as hard as I thought it was going to be. And, um, so <laughs> I always say like, I would have never made the jump on my own, but, um, God had other plans. So, uh, that's how I am here today. Yeah. So, so good forcing function. So lay, layoffs were good for you. Exactly. Uh, is what it sounds like. So, um, so you and your husband are both entrepreneurs. Is there is there other entrepreneurship in the family? Yes, uh, both of our parents are entrepreneurs. So I really should have seen it coming. I really should have seen the um, <laughs> the trajectory of where my life was headed. But I think I just wanted to uh, rebel against uh, what nature had planned. <laughs> so so it's kind of like the opposite, right? Like a lot of entrepreneurs 
are rebelling against what their family does and they're like the sole entrepreneur. You did the the other way rebellion of I'm going to go corporate. Uh, I, I saw the, the struggles that they endured. I saw that you don't get to turn off. You don't get to just clock out at five o'clock and go home and enjoy family time. That you know, it's always on. You're always working, and uh, I didn't want to have to um, deal with those types of hurdles that you have to work work through when you own your own business. But uh, if anything, that just helped prepare me to be able to do it on my own. Yeah. So how, yeah, how do you deal with that now? Um, both you and your husband are entrepreneurs. Um, so, you know, 24 seven, always on kind of thing. How do you balance um, work and life? Uh, is, is the dinner table just constant talking about business or do you ban business talk at the dinner? Like, how, how do you deal with all of that? You know, it's funny. We were, we were laughing that our Friday night just this past week was spent going back and forth, talking about our, our, um, you know, our biggest headaches at the moment. Yeah. We don't ban the conversation because really, quite frankly, that's what most of our conversations do surround. And, um, now we've gotten to this point where we both enjoy podcasts about our specific industries. And then we trade podcast interviews with each other because we'll say, Ooh, I listened to this. I think this will really help you with what you're dealing with. So if anything, um, you know, he's even more of a best friend to me now because we can really relate on that level. Um, but yeah, I think it's just going to be inevitable for the rest of our lives. So I'm just accepting it. But I think as far as dealing with it, I have always loved the analogy of a bicycle rather than kind of this, uh, seesaw effect of you give attention to one thing. And so that, that side of the seesaw goes down and the other side goes up. I really like to think about it like a bicycle with the idea that you have to continue pedaling in order to move forward. And you put your, you shift weight from one side to the other. And that is what propels you to go forward. So this idea that, okay, I'm putting a little bit more weight on the left side of the bike, but I know that as soon as that pedal goes down, I'm going to have the pedal on the right side up and I'm going to put weight and attention on that side. And, you know, if you don't do that, you fall off. So, um, I really try to, um, keep that imagery in my head of, okay, yes, maybe I'm spending a little bit more time in my business right now than I'd like, but I'm going to make up for it on the, on the flip side um, and give a little bit more time to my family. And, you know, kind of thinking through those seasons of this isn't going to last forever and, and really trying to honor that, that shift back and forth. Yeah. So um, I'm interested to find out your, your husband's uh, business, is it in PR and marketing, or is it totally different? It's heating and air conditioning, actually. So um, when I say on call all the time, he really is on call all the time, whereas PR and marketing aren't so much an emergency situation uh, most of the time. So yeah, we we definitely have those different (laughs) different industries to keep things interesting. Yeah. So how much of that um, actually is there interesting kind of, you know, kind of cross pollination that you're seeing? Like, there's things that he's probably doing in his business that you've never thought about in yours and vice versa. How does that help each one of you in terms of your businesses and making them better? Honestly, so much of what I pride myself in is customer service. And he truly is so uh, skilled at 
relating to customers and doing this, doing the same thing and providing that exceptional customer service. So we really relate on that level of dealing with customers, providing them what's promised, if not above and beyond that, and really meeting expectations, making sure there's a you know, very clear outline of what's going to be delivered. I like to tell um, the, the ladies that help me in my business, I say, no surprises. I don't want any surprises for our clients. I don't want any surprises on our end. Like, you know, kind of that mentality of just always um, being honest and open with everyone involved uh, allows for there to be no surprises. And, you know, he he has found that that's really a, a good skill to employ in his business too. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so, so I'm assuming then you guys talk about like the different things that you're doing. Like, are there little tricks? Like, how do you think about... Um, you know, customers like, is there, is there something special that he's done or that you've done that you're like, oh, that's, that's really kind of special. And I've never heard of anybody else doing that. So, um, actually something he shared with me recently that, uh, it, it was on a, a podcast interview that I found was, was really important. It was this idea of as a heating and air conditioning owner, and you're going to someone's house and you, uh, diagnose the problem, you identify what needs to be fixed. And it's then having that conversation with the customer to say, these are all the things that I have found. A, B, and C are what I need to fix in order for your system to be working again. But D, E, and F are could cause problems down the road, but aren't going to cause a problem today. And it's having that open dialogue with them because it, it was talking about how the idea of if you can fix all of those problems for them, and that is something that they want to take care of, you are preventing a headache for them down the road. You're preventing a return call to their house by taking care of everything. Now, if they don't have that in their budget to be able to take care of everything at once, they at least know that you've diagnosed that. And if they have to call you back six months from now, they know it's on them because they chose not to go through with the process of getting everything taken care of. And I really liked that mentality when it comes to marketing and PR, because I'm really focused on here's your social media strategy, here's your PR strategy. But being that I'm in this industry, I can also look at your website, I can also look at your email funnels, and I can say, ooh, here's some things you could fix as well. So it's really about providing that customer with everything that you could possibly help with because you're only helping them be a better business owner rather than thinking like, oh, well, this is all they called me out to do. I'm just going to fix these one, two or three things. And then I'll, I'll leave the other things to them because they're the owner. I don't want to overstep my welcome kind of thing. And, and so I, I really did like that mentality. And I thought that was a good, good lesson to take on for, for us solo entrepreneurs. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Um, okay, so let's talk about um, when you did kind of start up um, Fame and Fortune. How did you get your first client and how did you convince them to work with you? Um, it was my dad, actually, <laughs> being that he is a business owner. <laughs> so you were um, just like, I'm your daughter. Come on. <laughs> I, I, he, I knew that he hired somebody else to take on his social media. And uh, as uh -huh. this idea really started to um, swirl in my head, as I mentioned, I, I did actually have a few projects. I ghost authored a book. Um, I helped somebody launch a course, like just little projects here and there. But I obviously was focused on reoccurring retainer fees that would allow me to um, really scale the business. And um, I knew that he had hired someone to do that. And 
when looking at what they were doing, I knew I could do it better. So I really put a proposal together for him, showed him what I could do for him. And um, he said, all right, I don't like to to switch boats. I don't like to do this to people, but I'm going to give you a shot. And he is still a customer today. So uh, I don't know if that is due <laughs> to me being his daughter or he's happy with the services or both, but we'll, we'll just go with the latter. <laughs> I like that. I, I was going to ask if he was still a customer um, <laughs> at this point. So, okay. What's interesting is, is in my intro of you, uh, we talked about how you're focused on, on female CEOs, but your very first customer was your dad, who's, uh, I'm assuming not a female no. CEO. So, uh, so it's, it's not just, you've, you've got to focus on female, uh, CEOs and business owners, but it's not exclusive. Is that right? Yeah. You know, whenever I, um, particularly with PR, whenever I work with women, a lot of them are very hesitant to tell their story. A, they're either nervous about it, they've never done it before, or B, they uh, feel like they're bragging and that doesn't feel natural or authentic to them. So I have found that I really gravitate towards working with those female CEOs because I'm able to really empower them to tell that story and be able to deliver that message so that it can help others. And um, so I've just found that that is a niche that really allows me to do uh, the best that I can do and really allow them to see a transformation. But yes, we certainly work with everybody and I work with some really big brands um, along with those small business owners. But, um, you know, that, that definitely has just um, tugged at my heartstrings a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, I love that. Um, okay, so let's let's dig into a little bit about how can I, you do the operations um, for your clients as well as for yourself. Like what are, are there tools that um, have really helped you scale the business? Because you started out, it sounds like you started out with just yourself. Now you've got people that work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're contractors or employees. Which one are they? I have five contractors. Okay. So sizable team. Um, what have you done to kind of, you know, use the, to kind of help you scale the business and kind of manage everything that you're doing? Yeah, the project management tool ClickUp has been invaluable to our business because um, that really allows us to, I'm such a big planner and I really thrive whenever I can say, okay, here's the due date. Here's the 10 things that need to happen before that due date comes and really mapping it out backwards and then assigning the team members to tackle each of those tasks. And visually that helps me see, okay, we're going to hit everything. I have no worries, no concerns. And it really actually takes a, a step away from me to having to follow up with the team, having to touch base with them. It's really kind of gives me the opportunity to lay out all the details, assign those tasks, and then turn them loose to, to do what they do best. So um, ClickUp is a really powerful tool for us. And then we do utilize Slack for internal communication and uh, touching base with each other. Uh, is your team um, all right there in Kentucky or are they spread out? So it's interesting. I have one in Europe um, and then the others are um, around the Kentucky area. So they're not all in Kentucky, but we have one in Indiana and um, and then the others are uh, very close by. So um, we don't have the opportunity to get together uh, in person, but um, you know, virtually we do have a, a team call on Monday mornings so that we can all check in with each other, see how our weekends were, and then um, talk through projects and tasks for the week ahead. Yeah, that's great. So Slack is, I can tell then, absolutely useful for y'all, uh, given the, the spread of the folks. 
Um, so in thinking about this, uh, everybody that's listening to this is, is likely either somebody that's got a side hustle or a small business or is hoping to have a small business or side hustle. Um, what are some essential tools that they should use um, to manage kind of their marketing and PR before they're ready to graduate to, to somebody like fame and fortune? Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely like using the social media planning tool Planoly, and it really allows you to visualize what your Instagram feed will look like once all of the posts have been made. You can connect it to your Canva account and create those graphics and schedule it automatically. And um, I really preach the importance of being strategic with your social media. So so actually laying out a full month's calendar, turning them all on, scheduling them, and then forgetting it for the month. So you're not having to be in those apps every day, wasting time doing the scroll before you actually <laughs> post. Um, and, and with PR, it truly comes down to contacting journalists and really being able to tell that story effectively. So um, I like to tell people if you're not quite ready to work with a publicist just yet, start to build those connections in your industry. So if you know of an industry publication or of a podcast that um, they are they are doing a great job and you would love to be on that podcast or in that outlet one day, start to connect with those journalists via Instagram, via Twitter, and build relationships up so that when you do have a story to tell and you, and you send that pitch and they see your name pop up in their email inbox, they will open it because they know who you are. Yeah, that, that that's great advice. And I, I think that's true in so many different places, right? Like build those relationships before you actually need those relationships. Mm, yes. Um, that's great. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. So, okay. Um, so thinking back now, it's it's been a few years that you've been doing this. How many years are, are you in now at this point? Next month will be three years. Three years, right? So um, that's probably long enough now where you can go back and look and see like, oh man, that was that was a risky thing and, and it either paid off or didn't pay off. What was the biggest risk looking back at the last three years that you think you took um, and how did that pan out for you? I will preface this by saying if I can't guarantee uh, almost with 100% certainty that I will get a payoff or a reward, I don't take the risk. I am a very calculated business owner and uh, really don't like to um, put that risk on anyone. Um, but I will say working with a business coach has paid for itself plus some in more ways than one. Uh, not only am I developing skills that allow me to be a better business owner, but it has gotten me clients and it has gotten me connected to individuals that then became clients later on that I never would be able to be connected with. So um, while working with a business coach was something that I really considered for a long time before I ever even pulled the trigger, um, once I finally did, I was so glad that I did. And I, I really don't know that I will um, ever not work with one, uh, because I do think there's always things we can be improving on and learning in, in, in the business. So what, what, uh, put that thought in your mind that you needed to go get a business coach? I think that's fascinating and, and interesting that you've done that. 
it really comes down to that mentality of you don't know what you don't know. Uh, I, I kind of found like, right. uh, you know, whenever I very, very first started people talking about email funnels and I would say, what are email funnels? I don't, do I need it in an email funnel? And then, you know, you'd go down this YouTube rabbit hole or uh, you would just Google everything <laughs> and you would kind of learn about it. And then you go, okay. And you would start to watch other people and, and start to understand what that was really all about. And so I found that I was just finding these different um, strategies, these different tools that people were using and saying, okay, I could YouTube that and teach myself what that is again, or I could go to an expert and allow them to educate me. And then you, you kind of are met with, okay, I have these 20 strategies which one's the best for me? And uh, and really having right. that opportunity to bounce those ideas off of somebody else. You know, it, it can be very lonely as a business owner. And uh, I am lucky that I, I can talk these things through with my husband, but, you know, it, there's definitely marketing things that he doesn't know in the HVAC business because that's just not something that's done in that industry. So um, whenever I was able to find a coach that uh, worked with, agency owners like myself, um, I knew that that was really going to be a good game changer and a good investment in my business. Oh, that's great. That's great. So thinking back then over, over these last three years, um, other than maybe getting the business coach earlier, what would you have done differently? I definitely would have focused on my marketing. I, and I think a lot of business owners okay. fall into this boat as well. Um, we are so wrapped up in getting customers and doing things that uh, will keep our customers and and then figuring out things that, I mean, I'm one of those, I'll say yes to anything you want to throw at me and then I'll go figure it out. So I, I definitely had some of those projects where they'll say, uh, can you build me a website? Well, yeah, I've built five websites before. So yeah, sure. I'll figure it out. Let's, let's do it. So, um, you know, I spent a lot of time early on doing things like that. And then I was able to really hone in on, look, look, I'm good at social media. I'm good at pub public relations. Let me focus on those two things. Forget about the rest. And, uh, and then really telling that story of that I'm good at social media and public relations through my own social media and public relations. Uh, that would be something that I would have done earlier. And I think a lot of business owners are in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's interesting because probably right at the outset, you're, you're worrying about how do I pay the bills, right? Like, so that becomes your, your main focus and, um, investing in yourself like that, like you've done with other things with the business coach and everything pays off dividends in the long run, which is exactly the thing that you're telling your clients. Um, and it's, uh, I, I think this is a problem with founders a lot of times that we don't, we, you know, do as I say, not as I do type of thing. Right. And, uh, and we're not following our own advice. So, um, that is, that is great. Um, so where do you see, um, social media evolving in the next two to three years? And how, how do you think businesses and entrepreneurs should stay kind of ahead of all of those changes that are coming? If you aren't on TikTok yet, you need to. Um, I think I've heard this even even just like a week ago. I heard the the same sentiment that my customers aren't on social are are not on TikTok. They are on TikTok, uh, and the algorithm on TikTok really prioritizes everyone's content, not just who you follow. So when you think about Facebook, when you think about Instagram, Twitter. Um, 
they all prioritize people that you follow. So you actually have the act of having to go follow that account and then you see more of that. Whereas TikTok is truly anybody and everybody can go viral because it doesn't matter if you have 10 followers or 10,000 followers. If you put out good content, it will get it in front of the right people. And that's how uh, intelligent this algorithm is on TikTok. So um, you may think your customers are not on TikTok because every time you get on TikTok, you see cute babies and funny dog videos. But what you don't know is that there are business owners out there that are looking to learn more about X, Y, and Z. And if you can get in front of their content by creating the right things, then you will find your customers on TikTok. So that is really what I would encourage anybody to, to think about uh, because I, I do continue to hear that, that statement and uh, I, I think it's false. Um, and I think with the emergence of TikTok, uh, video is just going to continue to be prioritized on social media. So uh, no longer will it be sufficient to just put out static images on uh, Instagram and Facebook and check that box and say, yes, I did my social media for the month. It will be showing your personality, showing the, the personality behind the brand and really being able to tell that story in video and really um, uh, allowing that to showcase who you are. So that that's fascinating. I have never uh, joined uh, TikTok. I don't have an account or anything, um, but your explanation of it makes a lot of sense. So for anybody that's like me, that's thinking like, okay, maybe I should join. Um, are there, is the best way to do it using the TikTok app or are there other tools that we should be considering and using those to make sure that we have least reasonable looking videos that aren't aren't garbage and at least have a chance of being viewed by people. So really the TikTok app is very, very um, high, uh, high resolution and high quality. So using the TikTok app to record and edit is actually just fine. Um, I will say if you are planning to use TikTok as a business, you might want to consider having two different accounts, having a personal account where you can actually like those cute baby and funny dog videos, because then you will see more cute baby and funny dog videos. And then using your business account to put out that content that is focused on a specific industry, using those hashtags, because then whatever activity you do with the videos that you're presented with, it will start to learn who you are more and more. So if you are kind of confusing the system by really liking all this other content over here, but then putting out different content, it can sometimes um, really struggle to understand who you are and who your ideal customers are. So um, that would be my only advice if, if you are looking for this um, for business ventures is to keep those separate. That, that's good advice. So if you've got a, a split personality between your business and you, <laughs> create different accounts. And no if, shame. If the same you know, thing. I mean, like, I, trust um, me, I, you, a lot of times people like to go to TikTok to escape their, their business world. So no shame there whatsoever. <laughs> uh, and, and is that a, is that a tip on how to balance, uh, you know, the stress of business and, and <laughs> life is that maybe you can escape every now and again and go into TikTok and watch cat videos? Yeah, I would say the last hour of my day is spent doing that exactly. So uh, yeah, that that's definitely a strategy anybody can pull in. And um, I will say that it always delivers. It never fails. <laughs> good, good algorithms, good computers out there. Uh, okay, so um, I think uh, my last question for you is, 
you know, for our listeners that might be teetering on the edge of starting their own business or side hustle, um, but they're not quite sure if they want to do it or if they should do it or if they're going to be successful in doing it or, or even where to start, um, what would your advice be for somebody like that? If you have something on your heart right now, you need to see it through. It will never go away. I can speak from experience that a uh, desire or a passion that's on your heart is there for a reason, and you are doing yourself a disservice by not listening to that intuition. So um, it is not so much about um, you know making a smart business decision or not. It really comes down to being true to yourself and honoring that intuition that you have there and, and just going for it. That's, that's awesome. Um, okay, so uh, one last thing that I want to shout out uh, to our listeners and viewers. Um, for those of you that are watching the live stream, uh, you might notice that there is a display above Allie's head. There's a certificate on the wall. Um, so Allie is a Kentucky colonel. And the reason why I know this is because I'm also a Kentucky colonel because uh, I'm a proud Kentuckian as well. Um, so, you know, shout out, Colonel. I love uh, it. Colonel I Martin. Love it, yeah. uh, <laughs> I love so it. Uh, I love I think you are the very first Colonel mm. that I've had on the show. Um, there's there's not a lot of us, no. but uh, there's there's a good contingent. And and I think there's a lot of Colonels that are not actually Kentuckians. And so you are actually one of the ones that's a Kentuckian, <laughs> as am I uh, originally, um, even though I don't live in Kentucky anymore. But uh it's great to have you on the show, Colonel Martin. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, thanks so much. And hopefully our listeners have gained so much knowledge. I know that they have. I know that I have. I'm going to have to look into making a TikTok account for myself now. I hope you do. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business Podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparik.com.